Hello and welcome to another episode of Alcoholics. I am your host, Terry Myricks. I am joined by my co-host, Katrina Myricks. Katrina, how are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Um, it's a, it's, it's a nice Friday for us right now. So doing real good. Um, anything cool going on before we... <laughs> no. Anything chill? You chilling? Anything chill or cool? No. No? Is there is there something? No. I didn't think there so. never is. There's not. Because there's a global pandemic, so nothing fucking cool is happening anymore. Yeah. But, you know, eventually it'll end uh, who knows um before we introduce our next guest i want to uh just real quick i know that i think i said last week um that was the last week we can like really criticize the republic uh, sorry the democratic party until the uh election um i lied uh nancy pelosi hey what the fuck are you doing <laughs> endorsing uh joe kennedy in that race like what are you doing seriously what are you doing you made a big stink about uh you know, primarying incumbent Dems in the House, and then you endorse a candidate that's primarying a progressive incumbent Dem in the Senate. What the fuck? You don't get to do that. You don't get to have your cake and eat it, too. We're all very mad at you right now. We're all very mad at you. Um, all right, so we are going to introduce our guest. He is a uh, good friend of ours. Um, he also, uh, was a guest on a previous podcast I did with my friend Craig, um, called Getting Blitz. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Andy. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, uh, Andy Long. Andy, how are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. It feels, feels good to be back in the, uh, podcast saddle. How, yeah, you've been out of the podcast game for a bit, haven't you? Uh, since what about February or something? Whenever the pandemic hit. Yeah. Well, when the... I think it was before that. Honestly. I think it was, and then like everything <laughs> shut down. So we're like, well, we really can't talk about sports because yeah. there aren't any. I think our I think our last episode was a was a Super Bowl preview episode. That's a wow. And then and then it happened, and then we didn't do an episode. And then all sorts of shit kept happening. And we were like, hey, maybe we're going to shelve this for a bit until until stuff. I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of sports news going on now. Yeah, we I mean, whenever you want to get started again, I'm ready now. I'm I'm ready now, too. My Mavs are in the bubble uh, tied one one to the clips. Uh, the Celts the just went up three zero on the Sixers. And Washington, your favorite team, doesn't have their name? name anymore. Or, or a name. <laughs> yeah, no, we're the football team. <laughs> yeah, that's the Washington football team, which I very much like that I'm just that that's their punishment. Before they... <laughs> before we jump into like the real the, your real podcast, like before this gets going. Yeah. I do want to say I would have preferred it to be the Washington Football Club. I think it just sounds better. <laughs> oh, that would have been great, WFC. I feel like that's too like football. Too football. European. Too football. Too football. <laughs> We're a team, goddammit. We're not a club. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I, I mean, I, I would say. <laughs> all right. I just sounded like Mario when I did that. Oh, oh okay. Oh. oh, no. The football. Anyway. <laughs> so, no, I, I think. Um, I mean, honestly, we have a lot of 
a lot of things that like we talk about that kind of coincide now, right? Like we our our podcast was sports and this podcast is politics. And I mean, the world of sports and politics, um, you know, since unfortunately in late May, it has converged now. Mm-hmm. Not unfortunate that it, you know, just the circumstances, but it has converged and it is now... Uh, it is now one where players are not shutting their mouths about, you know, the things that they find that they care about. And it's I very much like that, that, uh, you know, as athletes, they can do this. They have this platform and the fans like fucking sorry, you have to like you love you love this team. So you should listen to what they feel like. They're not just gladiators for your amusement. They are also people. Anyway, that's that's where I'm at. Um, do you want to? I thought you were gonna have some sort of reaction, and we were gonna. I literally was gonna jokingly put like um put uh, getting blitz music before this, <laughs> or quietly under it. But you didn't take the bait. So let's get talking about what we're gonna talk about tonight. The Democratic National Convention. We had a four night festival of Democrats and Republicans and more Republicans. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, so, so as the, as the Democratic National Convention goes, it is literally just a four day infomercial slash, you know, like propaganda. It, they're, they're trying to sell you this story. Um, and that's that's just that's what all of the conventions are Republican and Democrat. It is a four, you know, four, like a almost week long. Just eat this. You're going to love this. Eat this. It's going to be great. Um, so let's talk about our initial feelings about what we thought about the um, DNC uh, this year. Um, Andy, as the guest, I'll start with you. <laughs> I, I thought it was super cringe. Really? <laughs> like, just sitting there, I'm like, I think aspects of it are super cringeworthy. Like, like we what? Already know, I, I just think the overall tone, I guess, like, you already know who's watching it. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's just like, given them, given all, all of them are just a bunch of little HJs, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think uh, let's get a. We need to get a bell in here. That's because the first time HJ was used on the podcast. <laughs> um, Katrina, what about you? What do you? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that there were a bunch of HJs for? Uh, what do you, What do you think? Um, I think. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I kind of think they basically set. I don't know that it was really clear what the message of the campaign was going to be before this. And I think they set the message mm-hmm. and the goal of the campaign and it's not a progressive goal. It's uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. unite the country and yeah. I can, I can appeal to Republicans and Democrats and I can, you know, like that. I think that was the message we got and the message they were selling is that like, it's definitely not a progressive message. <laughs> I think. I mean, I again. I. I mean, wow. Yikes. I. Let's uh, cards on the table. I thought it was great. Now, now, I'll admit, <laughs> I'll admit this. I'll admit this. Unlike both of you, um, I 
sat and watched like every moment of it, right? I watched every moment of it too. Right, but like, let's <laughs> like, okay, you're. I, 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 let me let me backtrack because I, I forgot that I did. You did like go. I'm gonna watch it all at this point. Um, I watched it live and that kind of thing, right? Right. So so I will say, um, as conventions go, one thing that's very important in the convention is to. Um, tell a story about the person, right? Tell a story about who the candidate is. Um, we, we, uh, as, as strange as it sounds, not everyone knows who Joe Biden is, which again is mind blowing because he was the vice president of the United States, but not everyone knows who Joe Biden is. So this uh, convention set to work to tell a story about um, the tragedy that he faced, the empathy that he that he has, um, you know, in, in spades and, um, the, the, just the competence that he showed and, and the vision that he has for America. They, they did do that. We had, um, extensive sections on, um, civil rights on, uh, climate change, multiple sections on climate change. Um, we, I will say, yes, we 100% had like, a. a decent amount of like hey i'm a republican and i can't do this anymore <laughs> so i'm voting for joe biden and then we had it's john... okay for you to vote it's it's okay if you want to and then we had john Kasich standing on a fucking literal crossroads hey. <laughs> that's like we're at a crossroads and just in case you didn't notice we are i'm standing on one and we're like okay great john but but no I, how much I think... time did Kasich get I don't know. Not not a crazy amount of time. No, it was like, like five, five minutes. Five minutes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I think like the overall goal of the convention is and we'll get to it later a little bit, like what what we think like this is going forward. But um I mean I think the overall goal of the convention was gained. And especially on night three. Night three had if you watched all of night three, you saw the all of the heart, all of the soul, all of the empathy of Democratic voters um, on display. Gabby Gifford speaking like just straight kills me um, like it is it was night three was really the one for me. But overall, I think it accomplished its goal. Katrina, do you think that it accomplished its goal? Mm, maybe what do you think the so what do you think the goal was like the goal is like uh, i think the goal was to get as many people as possible to text vote to 30130 <laughs> no no hang on all right well was. if that's the case if that's the case the fucking goal failed because it's 30330 not close enough no you will get there were lots of three it is not close enough you will get a different Result if you text the other one. Yeah. I mean, I think that phrase was in every single speech. Every, like, single moment. Also, text 30330. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the goal of the night. Um, (laughs) So, I don't know. Did they get a lot of texts? Um, They raised... A lot of people got the O's and the 3's mixed up. They raised... A lot of people just threw a random one in there for no fucking reason. I think it's... um, you mentioned that it was like an infomercial and i think that this the virtual campaign um really felt very much like an infomercial for Mm. like 
starving mm-hmm. kids in Africa. Jeez Louise. Like, all right. <laughs> like, like, here's... Dude, I don't know about... Right. I don't know like, about... Yes, like, like, like here's cheesy, a video like, piece like, of our... Low, it's like almost like low budget in a way, but not. What? I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. No, that's the one I'm... I Okay, I'm going to push back on a bunch of this. I, I Sorry, I should push back on a bunch of this. I'm 100 going to push back on it was low. It seemed low budget. It seemed very good. Like Some of it did, but some of the parts I'm like, that seems kind of low budget. <laughs> what? Name the... Okay, what part seemed low budget to you? Oh, well, if you go to day two and hour three at frame six. <laughs> now, just like some of the graphics I thought were a little underwhelming. Um, and like when they just started, like they looked at like they're really cheesy sets and they look super green screened in a lot of it. Yeah. When when Joe Biden would sit at a chair and look at like four um, video screens of okay. different voters, that looked crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. You know what? Can I just say? This episode going a lot different than I fucking thought it would. You know, oh, you think we were just going to continue the HJs terrain? I thought that the <laughs> HJs were warranted because of how good the goddamn convention Maybe was. Maybe over listen, the pants. Listen. Yeah, fine. You can do over the... I'm not did, even gonna... <laughs> did the emotional appeal get me? It did. Of course it fucking did. There were multiple did. times where I was, like, tearing up during it. But I then would, like take a moment and think about the facts and what I know compared to what they are trying to tell me. So, so give me, give me an example. Um, again, the fact that he's so heavily appealing to everyone, it made me realize like, this is not, the intention is not to be a progressive candidate. Um, and when he, I think night, three was when they focused on women's issues and how great Joe Biden is for women. Uh, you know, it really made me think about some not so great things Joe Biden's done for women. You can say them. So you can say them. That's where I'm just like, you know, I know what you're trying to sell me. And obviously we're only going to talk about the good things during this, but uh, I also know the reality of things. Right. So, all right. I'll say I'll say it because because I don't know if you're going to the fact that I, I look the moderators were fantastic I think Kerry Washington was fantastic I think the fact that Kerry Washington played Anita Hill in a film uh kind of <laughs> like it just when you hear it it boggles the mind that that's what happened there mm-hmm. it boggles the mind you're like why are they reminding me of this? <laughs> like, why are they choosing to remind me of this? And I understand it was a television film. I believe it was on HBO. So not everybody saw it, but it's Twitter still exists. We're all going to fucking like go, Hey, wait, what? <laughs> like I, I admit that's fucking bananas. I, no. I think, you know, a lot of the messages and stuff were really genuine, mm. but a lot of the like messages were, I think more anti-Trump than pro-Biden. I think that I, I will say I do think that a lot of um, but the mes- I think it's hard to be pro-Biden. <laughs> so, I get it. I think that a lot of the messages. I will say this uh, in defense of Joe Biden. I, I do think that there were a lot of messages that started like like it, it gave like the here's what we have now, and then switched to this is Joe Biden and here's who we can have in the future, right? And we're all just like. I 
fucking hate this president. <laughs> so so we do latch on to the like the hate like the the mm. negative messages. And and let's be clear, the last time we had like a DNC for a for a new uh sorry, that's not true. I'm I'm not going to say that. So, um Andy, what did you think about about that uh vis-a-vis um pushing Biden versus um attacking Trump? I mean, I definitely you're definitely going to see a lot of anti-Trump rhetoric and I think you definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um and also like Katrina said earlier, I felt like the platform was more like trying to grab voters from the right and the center than it was trying to be progressive at all. So I feel like we're at a position where it seems like the DNC kind of feels okay about where their progressive voters are. And they're just trying to pull from the center and get those kind of um, voters. Yeah. Okay. All right. So (laughs) we got a, we got a, I guess based on this, negative review of the of the dnc we'll go we'll go into it a little bit deeper later but it seems like i I just don't think i didn't need four days worth of it no one does (laughs) let's be clear (laughs) hang on let's be clear fucking nobody needs four days of this but i will admit i watched all four and the first like the first i was like okay we're doing this great but then michelle obama came on and i'm like all right cool i'm back i will say like (laughs) i was like Oh, at first I was like upset. I'm like, oh, this is four days. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's four days. I'm going to flip on some NBA playoffs. <laughs> I switched over to TNT. <laughs> let's get into the, let's get into the specific um, speeches that came from the night. Um, so we'll start with the nominee for president. Joe Biden um, gave a uh, gave a speech showing a stark contrast between what his America can be like um, with with uh, rooting out the rooting out the darkness and what the current uh, the current um state of america is um pulled uh pulled a clip from the speech so we're gonna let uh, let that sound play look i understand i understand how hard it is to have any hope right now on this summer night let me take a moment to speak to those of you who have lost the most i have some idea how it feels to lose someone you love I know that deep black hole that opens up in the middle of your chest and you feel like you're being sucked into it. I know how mean and cruel and unfair life can be sometimes. But I've learned two things. First, your loved one may have left this earth, but they'll never leave your heart. They'll always be with you. You'll always hear them. And second, I found the best way through pain and loss and grief is to find purpose. Um, so that was part of um, his uh, acceptance speech for the nomination. Um, kind of trying to like highlight the the thing that they tried to push with Joe Biden is one of the things that like when he was picked for the vice president, they try. Uh, vice presidency uh, for um, Barack Obama, they tried to push this as well. And it kind of seems like they, they pushed this for like, he, this is what he's been known for, for however long, which is um, this like ability to empathize ability to um, understand someone's grief and, and, and um, trauma and 
uh, be able to relate and talk to them and, and have and ta- compassion and have compassion. And it it's tr- they're trying to like juxtapose that with what is currently going on in um, the Oval Office, which is the current president who doesn't seem to have that ability. Um, that seemed to be what um, a lot of the convention was, right? Absolutely. It was telling a story about Joe Biden, Joe Biden's loss, Joe Biden's ability to persevere through loss, uh, Joe Biden's uh, loss again, Joe Biden's um, ability to, end, uh, you know, to uh, uh, deal with that loss by embracing love, Right. That seemed to be what his, what what was going on there, and that I saw like many elements of that in that speech. Um, Andrew, what did you think of the speech? I was actually really impressed with the speech. Um, I didn't have high expectations going into it, but honestly, it blew me away. I thought he sounded great. I thought he sounded much more competent mm-hmm. than I expected him to. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I thought, like you guys said, he's very empathetic and he seems really down to earth and you're not going to get that um with the republican nominee so yeah and and i'm before before i go to katrina i will say i i think that like that is what his uh his situation was right like that's what he was going for and that's what he's that's what his whole shtick has been um i don't believe i don't necessarily believe that the whole thing's a shtick right i i think that he do does in some capacity genuinely care about people but like that is that is what they're trying to show specifically this mm-hmm. guy cares about people this guy could give a fuck less mm-hmm. and and um before i go before i, I send it back i just want to another thing is it's very hard for the um biden is in mental decline thing to stick when you see a speech like this, like yeah. I, I truly think that he gave one of the like I, this has to be the best speech he's given in his career, right? Like, That's what I was thinking. Like, right? I, uh, it was good. It, it was it was good, and like to the point where it's like it, it's hard because there are so many people, and and it's happened on both um, the right and to Biden's left where they're like, he, he doesn't have it. He's not mentally all there. He's blah, 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 blah. I mean, he delivered in that speech and he's, since he's gotten these things, he's kind of delivered in, in those moments. And you always, we're all kind of just waiting for that one moment where he doesn't. And because we, because the, uh, the expectations keep being set so low, he just keeps delivering. Um, Katrina, what do you think? I do think that we had to deal with, I want to say, 12 Democratic debates. 12? So I swear there are more. That's how many were scheduled, so I don't remember if we ended up doing all 12 <laughs> You're right, you're right. But there were 12 Democratic debates, and I don't think any person, even Joe Biden, would say that debates are his strong suit. They are not. So I feel like... We got a year's worth of debates. Oh my God, we got 11. You were one off. Holy bananas. You were one off. Last last debate um, occurred March 15th, 2020. They canceled the uh, the 12th debate. Right. Um, Wow. So I think- That was fucking bananas. My guess was 412. Okay. (laughs) But I think we we got like a year where it's like, wow, Biden is really not good at debating and he Mm -hmm. sounds crazy. Like, he's just really not good at it. So that was our 
that was the main like media exposure we were mm-hmm. getting from him. Like we're right. not watching his like his, his primary campaign speeches or anything like that. So I think no you <laughs> anyway. Um, so so I do think this was an opportunity for him to show it. Like I think he probably is a pretty good speech um, giver. Um, he's talked about his stutter and how it benefits him to be able to prepare mm-hmm. which you can't really do as as much with a debate as you can with a given speech so i do think it, it went pretty well for him i do still think I, I do still think we judged it against joe biden as opposed to other people like if if, if somebody else had given the speech we might say it was pretty good but like it was like i don't think it would get the exact so, fanfare so 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 i here's the thing i can agree with that if we also agree that it's all of our fault that that keeps happening, the fact that people keep like pushing the Joe Biden is in mental decline yeah, no, that's nonsense, ridiculous. and the and the like like that's what that's what gets him out of these jams. I I I, I personally think this was the best speech that he's delivered in his career, and mm-hmm. I also think that. Um, there were multiple speeches that were better than this one in the in yeah. the DNC. I, I do think that this was I personally I think this was a very good speech. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know be a, I'm not gonna be a, a hit player hater about this. This was a very good speech, but I do think that there were other better speeches, and I definitely think that it it definitely plays into it that everyone keeps lowballing Biden to the point where as long as he shows up again, as long as he shows up and doesn't pee his pants, he wins. I, I do. I, I think the, con- I, I, we may have, maybe I was wrong earlier. I think the convention did do what they wanted it to do. And the speech did do what they wanted it to do, which is to appeal to all Americans. Yeah. Like, it re- <laughs> like I, this is, I, I was talking to somebody today about it. Like, this is the type name of them speech. first and last name. Who are they? <laughs> this is like the type of he's the type of guy that will appeal to like rural Pennsylvania voters yeah. who aren't in the cult. Like this is he's their guy. This yeah. is the type of guy they love that they would struggle with a woman or a, or a person of color in the same scenario. So I think I do think it accomplished what they wanted. Like I, I don't know how you listen to the speech and and not at least think for a little bit like this guy's good. Like yeah. this is a good I, guy. I talked to you about this today where I'm like, I know what they were trying to do. I knew the tactic of the D- the, of the of the convention. The convention is to sell this candidate to me and I came in going, I mean, I'm voting for VP Harris and I left going for for as long as I did before I'm like, okay, and came back down to earth. Uh I ca- I left going I'm kind of pretty happy I get to vote for Joe Biden. And then, you know, I came back down to earth and I'm like, I'm happy that I'm voting for VP Harris and <laughs> and the Supreme Court and this, that, and the other thing. But, but uh, they did a very good job of like making me go my good, especially with my goodness, all of the references to Bo. Mm-hmm. The references to Bo were just so heartfelt, including in Vi- uh, Kamala Harris's speech where she spoke about how she worked with Bo. They they did multiple, multiple talks about Bo and one with one with the quote of something along the lines of like uh, and this was like back then this wasn't 
when, but he said like, I'm not going to be able to be there for my dad here. So I need you all to be there for him. Like that kills. That was, that was rough. Um, before we go to the next speaker, uh, Andy, what do you think of, what do you think of the bow? What do you think of, um, the bow references? I mean, it seemed to, it seemed to kind of help him out. Um, I mean, like you said, they're trying to kind of really get the voters to think and feel a certain way. So I, I think that kind of helps get that message across. Mm-hmm. Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a very sympathetic situation. Um, it's it's so hard. Cause like on one part, you're like, Oh, that's super like, you know, <laughs> sad. But then like, then you're also using it for, for political gain at the same time. I, I wouldn't say. Yeah. No, I mean it. It did. It did feel rough. The numerous, numerous, numerous references to his dead wife and children. Like it was. It should nearly he... as often as text vote to three o three three o. Wow. I'm moving on because I can't keep doing this. I'll yell at both of you. <laughs> Um, wow. Fucking talking shit on someone's human. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> as a as a parent, like, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. It would be very hard for me to go out there and do that and measure I, it multiple times. I agree. I, I agree. And I'm not a parent. I mean, I am, but, like, not in the... I'm not, in the, I'm not a parent in the way that I could say that I'm a parent and be respected. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I truly think that I do have four fucking children running around here. But like, if I say that to another parent, and they start asking for, shit. and they start asking for <laughs> details, I get in some trouble. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're you're taking care of four living creatures. Exactly. I'm but we could care- leave them alone for an entire weekend, and it's fine. So uh, yeah, you can't do that with mine. My <laughs> so I, and and Andrew, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. And I'm sorry to ask, but doesn't this mean that my cats are better than your child? Um, to an extent. I can't. You can't leave. You can't leave your child. I get to go. I got to go to the Renaissance Fair and leave these dummies here. You, if you go out for you know t- three hours and she's there by herself, you're in a lot of trouble. In theory. In theory. <laughs> I trained her pretty well. She's pretty fucking. She's pretty on the ball. She she's mows the lawn crazy. now. <laughs> Almost to mows the lawn. She likes mojitos just like dad. Yeah, <laughs> <she's> pretty cool. <laughs> um, let's move on to another speech. Uh, Bernie Sanders delivered a um, delivered a speech during the Democratic National Convention, um, trying to rally the uh, progressives to vote for Joe Biden. Um, in the speech, kind of saying like, "Look, I get it. You're not like like what? A- I get it, but we need to do this, and we need to do this now." Um, here's a clip of he also cr- criticized uh, Donald Trump uh, as many other speakers did. Here's a clip. This president is not just a threat to our democracy, but by rejecting science, he has put our lives and health in jeopardy. Trump has attacked doctors and scientists trying to protect us from the pandemic while refusing to take strong action to produce the masks, gowns, and gloves our healthcare workers desperately need. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. 
Trump golfs. His actions fanned this pandemic, resulting in over 170,000 deaths and a nation still unprepared to protect its people. I mean... What a good line. What a good line. Honestly, might be the best line of the whole convention. It was a good line. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Andrew, what did you think of um, Senator Sanders' speech? Uh, I thought it was good. I mean, it's basically everything I expected going into it. It's typical Bernie stuff you talk about. But then when he pivoted to uh, the pandemic, I thought it was very, very accurate. Um, And hopefully he could convert a few voters over a few of the far left voters into voting for Biden. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, and let's be clear, you yourself uh, were a Bernie Sanders uh, uh, primary supporter. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you now have a lawn sign (laughs) for another candidate in your yard? I, I do. I have a, a Joe Biden yard sign out there. I thought <laughs> I saw so many Trump signs in the neighborhood. I thought I'd put up a Joe Biden sign. You're like, look, I'm ready to pick fucking fights with my neighbors. Like that's. It was like less than a week before I went outside and it was torn down and there's a big footprint on it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I here's the thing. Uh, if only like, I know that you don't want to do this, but the literal best way to deal with that is to just keep putting up a new one and then putting like a note on it that says, every time you do this, I'm just donating more money. (laughs) 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 Like you're, so you're kind of just making me give all this money to Joe. Uh, Katrina, (laughs) what did you think about uh, Senator Sanders speech? I thought it was good. Um, I thought, I thought a lot about the 2016 convention Mm -hmm. and his speech there and how much, more impactful it is when Bernie Sanders supporters aren't like booing the candidate or you know anything like that I mean I'd just say that's a pretty big endorsement for a virtual convention yeah like no one can boo the candidate it was it was nice um (laughs) you know I, I I think he did a good job um it's really hard to I watched like six hours of this back to back. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be honest, it's hard for me to like separate the speeches yeah. a little bit. There is so much thrown at, you know, like so many speakers all saying very similar things that it is yeah. hard for me to pick out. I want to pull some sure, of some what synonyms in. I, I, to... I did. I really loved that line about um, Nero fiddled mm-hmm. while Rome burned. Trump golfs. That yeah. was. Fuck it, killer. Let Loved me pull. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. I have the transcript up. I want to pull some quotes yeah. from from the speech, and these seem to be things that pushed. You know, like not just attacked Trump, yes. right? But these he are the, did. I know he highlighted specific the, policies. The end that... of the end of the speech was specifically pushing Joe Biden mm-hmm. and saying, "Progressives, we have him." Um, uh, let me, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to read, um, a couple of things here. Um, Joe, uh, Joe supports raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. This will give 40 million workers a pay raise and push the wage scale up for everyone else. Joe will also make it easier for workers to join unions, create 12 weeks of paid family leave, 
fund universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds and make childcare affordable for millions of families. Joe will rebuild our crumbling infrastructure and fight the threat of climate change by transitioning us to 100% clean energy over the next 15 years. These initiatives will create millions of good-paying jobs all across the country. Joe Biden, like, like, sorry, Bernie Sanders made the case for Joe Biden in this as well, right? Like, it wasn't just, look, he's what we got, so we have to fucking <laughs> do it. Like, he, he actually went out and made the case for Joe Biden. It was, it, to me, it was, it, it, it was impressive and needed for, um, someone of his stature in the progressive movement to step up and say, we fucking, like, look, we, it's not just that, we can, you know, it's not just that we have to stop Donald Trump. It's that we currently have, like, we currently have a candidate that we have pushed to the left. Like, let's be clear. Some of the things in this, he didn't agree to until the primary. Mm-hmm. They've pushed, they've shown that they can push Biden to the left. And he's saying we can keep pushing him to the left. We can keep pushing him. Because one of the things that I think is very, very important that we don't talk about very much is... No matter who the president is, you still have to fight for what you want, right? You don't just get it. It's not we vote for this person and then we turn a blind eye and over four years they'll figure out all the shit we've told them that we wanted. You still have to fight them. You still have to fight and push and scrap and get what you want and need and deserve and are in, like, what you what you have, what you should have. The, the the idea that even after a like a Bernie Sanders presidency like he's the president and healthcare is a human right that's still something we have to fight for we still have to fight for it we still have to fight to make sure that you know uh, like the like the DACA recipients continue to like there are so many things we still have to fight for and I think that was what was prevalent in this speech. We got him, right? We got a person that will uh, do, like, will move to the left. We have to push him. We have to keep pushing him there. Everyone deserves health care. Fucking push him there. Um, Anybody else before we move into the next speaker? All right, we're going to move on to the next <laughs> speaker. Uh, look, I'm a great speaker. I get it. No one wants to come the out best. of this. <laughs> um, I... Let's go with um, Kamala Harris, um, the vice presidential nominee, spoke at the convention, gave her acceptance speech. Um, We're going to play a little bit of sound from that as well. Or we won't, because I forgot to unmute the site so that... There we go. The step of the way. I've been guided by the words I spoke from the first time I stood in a courtroom. Kamala Harris for the people. I have fought for children and survivors of sexual assault. I fought against transnational criminal organizations. I took on the biggest banks and helped take down one of the biggest for-profit colleges. I know a predator when I see one. Kamala Harris came out with such just the showing the competence and ability to fight to fight the the 
scourges of what we see today. Um, she came out with the res- like just resilience, um, resolve. She was she shows that she is ready. Um, I think this was a great speech. Um, personally, uh, who uh, who wants- Katrina? What do you think? Yeah, I'm just. I mean, she's amazing. She, she is incredibly confident. She's incredibly poised. Um, she's a wonderful speaker. Like, she did a great job. It would, you know, it's, and it's not surprising. Like, I didn't expect any less. Right. So. And uh, just before I go to, before I go to Andrew, I wanted to say, we, we talk about the expectation games with uh, Joe Biden. Um, we are doing the opposite, the incredibly like stark opposite for um, Kamala Harris, and I am included in that, where we keep talking about how fucking great she is and how she's going to mop the floor with, with yeah. Mike Pence, and oh man, she's going to just fucking run over Mike Pence with a steamroller, and like, we got to stop doing that, <laughs> because here's the thing, unless she shows up on stage with a katana... And beheads Mike Pence, we we're gonna look like she's not. We're we're gonna walk out going, huh? Well, she's not as good as I thought she was, and she is. I don't think that's true. Sorry, I, media will say it. Yeah, media, media will fucking suck. I agree. Media fucking sucks. We'll get into how media sucks with this AOC stuff, but we'll get into that. But but yeah, I'm just saying we're 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 doing the expectation game. Like, the complete opposite for, for Kamala and for Joe Biden. I'm not going to stop saying she's incredibly competent. I think she's more than incredibly competent. I think she is fucking bananas impressive yeah. and all set to go. But I will <laughs> stop setting the expectation that she just straight slays Mike Pence. I off. mean, she's gonna. I, okay. Look. he Here's the thing. We say that she's going to, but... He's a white dude, so people are going to go, oh, well, I like what he has to say. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what did you think of um, uh, Senator Harris's speech? And uh, I guess of Senator Harris as a whole. Let's just, I guess let's talk about Senator Harris. So going into it, um, I mean, I only knew like, very, I, I knew very little about her, actually. Uh, I mean, I knew that she ran for, she was running for president on the Democratic ticket, um, and I knew she was a cop. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, no like, hang on, it, hang like, on, <laughs> just real quick. A lot of friends that listen to this podcast just went, "Oh," and I just <laughs> wanted to say to them, "Go fuck yourselves." All right, go ahead. Uh, but no, I I thought the DNC, uh, the uh, convention, did a good job of humanizing her. Uh, as a person with a daughter, I, I think it would be awesome to be able to say, like, I mean, obviously she has no fucking idea what a vice president or president <laughs> is right now, but when she's a little Well, older, she's not one of like... the Currys? Yeah, did you... The Currys knew yeah, exactly, Curry. exactly what was going on with all of the, uh, with all of politics. That segment was adorable. That's Talk about a... classism. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but no, I, I, I thought it was I, th- I thought it was great. And like, I, I think it'd be 
as a person with a daughter, be it'd be great for me to be able to point and say like, hey, one day you can be um, vice president, and hopefully, eventually, here soon, we see a woman in the presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just seeing her speak, and like you guys said, how competent she is, uh, it makes you feel pretty good to know that something did happen to Biden. That I, she's not going to just back down from anybody. She's knows she's doing. She's smart. She's quick. Uh, I, overall, I was actually really impressed. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think she did good. Yeah, and I, I will, I will admit, um, there were a couple of times that I um, shed some tears during this uh, convention um, because, again, it is uh, an infomercial slash propaganda machine where it's oh, yeah. it's the equivalent of if they sat me down and forced me to watch all of these sad dog commercials for as long as <laughs> had them on. I but but like with with. Uh, Kamala Harris accepting this nomination it was just so much for me right like I just I saw so much possibility I I am I I feel I felt incredibly hopeful and 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 ready for the future and it almost made me forget that I'm living in the present (laughs) right like I I I have to remember that I'm living in the present where you know Things Do you want to hear like a really sad story? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> so I was talking to my brother-in-law, and um, he has a daughter. Uh, and when she was younger, back in the 2016 election, she oh, went to God. bed. And he's like, hey, honey, when you wake no! up, you're going to have a woman president. No! And <laughs> woke up to Donald Trump as the president. Oh, my. <laughs> so... How old can I? Is it is it too much to ask how old that child was? Um, She's six now so okay was... good all right so she's not gonna like that would be rough it wasn't like a big deal to her i don't think i just i mean like legit if she were like nine at the time that would be yeah. rough to like be like oh yeah no 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 sorry the reverse fairy showed up and decided I don't want to get in this place like where we were in 2016 and we're like oh we fucking got it Lay i agree up. i agree <laughs> here's the thing i think i think the idea of complacency is just straight up gone right like you would hope so like the idea of complacency <laughs> I, I i truly i don't see anyone that's like complacent i don't see anyone that's like this is over we got this um because we we're still looking at like i know that we're i i i check polls every goddamn day and i know i shouldn't and blah 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 don't everyone shut up i know i'm not supposed to i still do it and i'm just like i i not like take no vote for granted keep fighting keep talking to people keep making sure that they have plans to vote don't fu- like and by the way text ha- vote to 303303 <laughs> <laughs> oh wow you sounded like a broken robot you sounded like if they had a broken robot at the convention <laughs> text it basically did text vote to 303303 <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that, I think that one, there, there are a lot of things that are different than, than what happened than 2016. Um, including the fact that there's a white man on the top of the ticket. So help. (laughs) Proven to help. We're good. Turns out, turns out we just need dudes, preferably white dudes. We're good. But, um, 
no, I, I, I that black one in ones. Uh, we no, we let it. Hang on, <laughs> yeah, plus that dude had plus fifty twice, fam. And now we're running no, his. Dope. And now we're he's running dope. his best motherfucking friend. <laughs> as should be a sitcom, as he would really? say. As he would say, no one else would say this. He would say it. Um, I <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about one more speech. Um, speaking of, um, President Obama gave a um, very poignant speech um, regarding uh, the state of our nation. We're not talking about Michelle. We are talking about Michelle, but I don't have that clip anymore uh, remember how all the clips broke uh-huh. and then remember when i put a bunch of the clips back yeah, together yeah, and i said whatever. and yeah. i said five is good we're gonna talk about barack now michelle got it cool barack was the fucking president mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's head of the state don't 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 do it i don't don't trick me to saying that i almost did you bastard um <laughs> all right um, you brought your change. <laughs> what are you thinking? All right. We're going <laughs> to. Anyway, um, this is some sound from um, President Obama's speech. And we will talk about Michelle's after. And if I can pull up a clip, I would. But I don't think I can because it'd be very hard. So um, this is President Obama speaking. I did hope for the sake of our country that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously. That he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. For close to four years now, he has shown no interest in putting in the work, no interest in finding common ground, no interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anyone but himself and his friends. No interest in treating the presidency as anything but one more reality show that he can use to get the attention he craves. Donald Trump hasn't grown into the job because he can't. And the consequences of that failure are severe. I... President Obama laying it out very clear. Um, Donald Trump just can't do the job. He can't. He doesn't have the capacity to. Um, Michelle Obama uh, made a very similar statement in her speech, which I really wish I had. Um, But again, um, my system decided it was going to just straight tell me to fuck myself. Uh, So I don't have that clip. (laughs) Um, But uh, she said, you know, like he... He just isn't up for the job um, and then used his words uh, regarding um, the deaths of the coronavirus. It is what it is. Um, let's talk about them as a whole. Um, Katrina, the Obama's speeches. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I think they were very powerful. And we really haven't heard this perspective from either of them mm-hmm. uh, up to this point. Um, they weren't able to speak during the last campaign. You know, they, uh, Barack was still our president. It wasn't appropriate for him to be inserting himself into the election. So he didn't really speak. Are we talking about the primary? No, 
I'm talking about the last the last the 2016 campaign. The 2016 campaign. You're right. Yes. You're right. You're right. So we didn't get these really harsh criticisms of Donald Trump or anything like that. Uh, so uh, think... well, also because Donald Trump wasn't the president, so we didn't have like right. we just were like this guy is a weird, gross, nonsense factory, but we didn't have the full body yep. of work to mm-hmm. go on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and I think. Um, just in general, like former presidents, first ladies, they try to be really uh, nice and polite and not too um, involved, especially against pr- other presidents. So this was, though I think it came across very well, it, it was like a very harsh, considering all these uh, circumstances, a very harsh critique of the president. Uh, of Donald Trump, um, mm-hmm. and I think it was powerful from both of them. Um, uh, Andy, what'd you think? I mean, basically agreeing with everything Katrina already laid out, but um, specifically, it was just nice to be able to see um, Barack and Michelle, but uh, Barack specifically, I'm referring to sound like a real president should sound. Mm-hmm. Um, after just years and years of hearing the Trump just spewing garbage and garbage and garbage, it's just so refreshing to hear Barack Obama speak. So yeah, <laughs> it, it was just uplifting. <laughs> I agree. I mean, on the I think either on the same day or on the day before, we had Donald Trump go to Scranton, uh, or I think it was actually in Old Forge, yeah. uh, PA, and then say about Joe Biden, who was born in Scranton, um, you know, he was born in Scranton, but then he moved when he was a child. So he wasn't born in Scranton. <laughs> like, that's, that's what he said. I don't have any, that's, that's what he said. Like, if you put that next to the previous president of the United States, you go, oh, holy shit, this guy is not up for the fucking job. And he, like... That is the that is the culmination of what happens when you elect a fucking uh, reality television show host as like I'm not voting for TJ Lavin anytime soon. Like <laughs> that's what this is. Like sorry TJ, I'm sure you're not a megalomaniac. Like no, hang on. But anyway, <laughs> like that's what is going on there, right? Right. It's it's literally just you have someone who is just not up for it. He just doesn't have the capacity to do it. It's not his fault. It's his fault, but it's not his fault. He never learned. He never was able to, you know, get those skills. He just thought he deserved those skills because he was told he deserved the, like he deserved, he deserved that. Sorry. He was told he was deserved that power, but he never, you know, he never earned those. He never made those skills into himself. And then everybody else was like, Ooh, you'll be great because we hate everybody that's come before. And, helped with an antiquated system, a, an FBI director who apparently is trying to do a really hard mea culpa, elect women and, uh, and a foreign adversary. Presto Changeo, you have one of the most incompetent people to do the job ever. Um, I, I think that w- one thing that's like super important about this is, the the campaigns with the Obamas, oopsies, my apologies. The campaigns with the Obamas were uh, 
very heavily about uh, very heavily about hope. They were about hope. They were about the vision for the future. And in the speeches that they gave, though they did put those in there, they also made sure to point out the stark, deafening reality that we currently live in, which is, oh, hey, you know, like, we want you to, we we want you all to feel hopeful too. And in some cases we do, but it is very important to note things can go south much more than they are right now. Mm-hmm. Which is horrifying to think. <laughs> How could it be fucking worse? It can be somehow. It definitely can be. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like if we, like as horrible and horrible as things have been, if we got out with Biden come this November, I'd be like, okay, you know, we weathered the storm yep. and <laughs> yep. a horrible storm. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, <laughs> let's, let's, let's Cat stop five. the bleeding, right? Let's stop the bleeding. We, someone, someone needs to put some pressure on this wound. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it, it ain't good. All right. Let's move on to some other speakers. Um, so we had uh, not only politicians, um, both Republicans and Democrats, um, but we also had just, you know, people. We had activist Adi Barkin um, speak. My goodness, um, Katrina, I, 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 I push to you because I almost cried mm-hmm. just with with all of it, with just the the early the early notes of 2018 where he was talking to um like with his voice to his child yep um and uh confronting Jeff Flake on a plane and you know like the all of all of this right and then in 2020 he's delivering a speech at the DNC where he is unable to actually speak um, he is, well, sorry, my apologies. That's very insensitive. That's not what I meant. Um, he is unable to speak verbally with, with his own voice, uh, audibly. He's using a, um, computer to generate his voice. I hope that, I hope that that un- that's understood that that's what I meant. Um, but just the fact that like, you know, like that, 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 that killed me watching, mm watching all of that 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 really like what did you how did you feel i I know you were listening to it while you were at work right like i watched it live you listened to it at work did that make your work day a bit more difficult or i mean i teared up multiple times Mm -hmm. during the whole thing i Mm -hmm. mean there's not a lot of people at work anymore it's fine (laughs) um you're like i could cry at work no one's there (laughs) Did I tell the story about how I cried at work? I cried at work because I was watching Grey's Anatomy in a real (laughs) And, like, I was watching Grey's Anatomy, very sad episode. I just started bawling. Yeah, you told me this. When my coworker just, like, walked into my office and was like, what's wrong? You okay? I'm just like, it's fine. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> hey, why are you stop asking so many questions? But you know, when when like three fifths of or four fifths of the employees of your office are working from home and you're stuck there, it's like I can do whatever, right? You're like I'll cry. <laughs> I'll watch every sad episode of Grey's Anatomy and cry. 
yeah. You but, bastards. But yeah, so I was I was letting myself feel, watch it. I thought it was it was um it was hard to watch um Adi's speech because like you could see he wasn't like moving his lips and you could hear the computer generated voice coming out and it you know it was just like it's so emotional mm-hmm. um and it's so sad that someone in his condition has to be going to washington and, and begging and, for help yeah like god mm-hmm. i and then it is a good counterpoint with joe biden's empathy compared to donald trump's complete mm. lack of any sensitivity or care but and, it, and i think he was a good person to speak to that you know? and, but it also not just that mm-hmm. because that was that was the 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 uh goal of the convention right? right to juxtapose that but in that in that moment adi barkin was saying we're going to elect someone that we can push to make sure that everyone is entitled to health care mm-hmm. that health care is a human right and we will make sure that everyone has it. And we don't get that if we vote, if we don't vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. And and I thought that was because their policy position on this is different. Joe Biden continues to say we're going to build on the Affordable Care Act. Um, we're going to allow more people in. I'm assuming that um, the the income threshold will be different than than what it is right now. Um there will be, you know, he's pushing for, you know, public, like, I, actually, I don't remember specifically. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the Public option. I believe it is, yes. Medicare but, type option. Right, right, right. Um, so isn't that basically universal? No. Like, <laughs> no. If it's, it's Medicare type? It's, it gives people a choice. Um, so that's, that's, that was the whole big thing we debated during the I, primary. Here's the it's thing. Like, oh, we need to have a choice between a public option and our employer insurance. He's he's saying that you can opt in, but there's still going to be like like right now with the AC. There's still going to be there's still going to be an income limit that you can opt in. From what I understand, uh, it, I don't know. I don't know what the public options. I don't think details are going to be, be right. versus like a Medicaid. We, right. we don't know that at this point. We don't know. I don't want to say anything right now because I I don't I didn't. <laughs> this isn't the this isn't the 949th debate, so I didn't look up fucking healthcare policy before we started this episode. <laughs> so so I'll admit I don't know the specific plans of everybody, including our current nominee. Um, I know that our vice presidential nominee wanted a version of Medicare for all. Ah. Anyway, um, but yes, Audie Barkin um, speaking to um, um, that was that was was, was wonderful. Um, before we play the clip, I'm I'm going to talk. Before we play, um, I believe the last clip we're going to play. Um, I wanted to talk about um, the uh, the speech from Braden Harrington. Mm. Um, yeah. Braden was uh, Braden is a a child that is affected by a stutter. 13-year-old boy. 13-year-old boy from New Hampshire. And um, through Joe Biden's travel, he met this child. And Joe Biden also um, uh, struggled with a stutter. 
and Joe Biden touched this child to the point where the child felt the praising. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh wow! Yikes! I'm gonna cut all of this. I'm gonna cut this. Joe Biden uh, inspired this child to the point where um, the child felt like where Braden felt comfortable to deliver a, though over like a, a virtual way, a speech to millions of people. Mm-hmm. And again, it was just a, a show of the force of the empathy of Joe Biden, where Joe Biden inspired someone to push further than they thought they would originally go through the sheer empathizing with the, with the issue that they were struggling with and understanding it and giving just regular advice on it. Yeah. I thought, I thought that speech was really beautiful. Um, that was something that almost brought me to tears too. Mm -hmm. Just, um, you could see like, you know, he, he spoke of his pain and, and, you know, the, the struggle of, of having a stutter as a, you know, I think that's any, even people who haven't a stutter can relate to, you know, being in a classroom as a child and, and mm-hmm. just being afraid of being rejected or mm-hmm. taunted or, you know, any of that. And it, it was so powerful to see him speak, you know, through his impediment and and you could see the confidence and mm-hmm. and you know he spoke after like he he's so proud that he was able to do this yeah and, you know it, it was very inspiring he was and, and he that this this child was inspired by joe biden to yeah. be able to do this yeah like that that is that is a testament to what the dnc was trying to show us and i think they did a great job of doing it again i understand this was their goal Right. The goal is to show us things that make Joe Biden look good, but it's hard to like see this fucking 13 year old child who has what he originally thought was a debilitating stutter, which turns out to be something that he can overcome with with sheer force of 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 will, determination and practice and not feel how like not feel how. Like not feel something, right? You feel something after this, and I'm I'm just I'm I'm it, it got me. That got me. Um, another person that got me, and um, I, uh, Andrew, I'm gonna get you on this um on this one. Um, I'm gonna play a, a quip a, a clip from um Kristen or uh, Urquiza, um, regarding her father. And his um, um, COVID um, uh, experience. My dad was a healthy 65-year-old. His only pre-existing condition was trusting Donald Trump. And for that, he paid with his life. That, I mean, she referred to how in, in before this, before what I played, she referred to how Donald, like she, her, her father voted for Donald Trump. Her father trusted Donald Trump. Donald Trump downplayed the disease. Donald Trump said that 
COVID is fine and it's under control. And then her father went to a karaoke bar and got sick and was on a ventilator for five days and died. That That is what you are looking at, right? That is what the DNC was meant to show you. The side of empathy and the side of pure selfishness. Um, Andrew, uh, I don't know if you saw this specific testimonial. Um, what did you think of what you have heard, what I've explained, or if you watched it, what you saw? Yeah, so I didn't actually see that specific um, clip that you're referring to, but it's it's just horrifying to believe that this man has that much power. I mean, obviously he's the president, so he's going to have that much power, but mm-hmm. just to sway people's lives in such a dramatic way, um, and especially when it leads to something like a person dying, um, and it's just horrible because it literally he has so many people convinced that it's still a hoax. Um, that's still a thing that people believe and it baffles me, but unfortunately that's how some people have to learn and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Katrina, what did you think of, um, what do you think of that? Like that to me personally was one of the better, like we had, you know, we had the politicians speak. We had the moderators that we had. We had JLD fucking serving up every dope ass roast joke on Donald Trump that we could get. We had um, Ava Longoria. We had Kerry Washington. Um, we had Tracy Ellis Ross. All of them were just wonderful moderators. But when we when we heard from the the specific like you know like the just just people right. They, they didn't want to do this. This is this. They didn't want to be a part of what was going on in this. It just, that's what happened to mm-hmm. them. Right. Yeah. That's what happened. Like that to me was one of the more compelling parts of the democratic national convention. Not, not necessarily the, the politician speeches though. I did very much enjoy many of them and didn't enjoy some of them, but enjoyed very, very many of them. Um, the, the, the people who had no desire to be in any part of this, uh, that was what I found super compelling. Yeah. I think, um, something I really liked that I don't think we would have necessarily gotten in a live typical, um, convention is they kept doing these segments Mm -hmm. with clips of, just everyday people. And 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 it was like interspersed like there were like labor leaders and and just like other individuals um where they were just talking about their life experiences under Donald mm-hmm. Trump and I do think that added something important to the convention. Um cuz you know for a lot of people, just hearing a speech from a politician doesn't do anything. Right. But hearing other people's experiences does. And I I think that woman's experience with her father's loss, uh, especially, um, is understandable. Because, I mean, how many of us have relatives who um, are just under this spell? Like, I, I think for like us younger folks it's hard to just 
think about, oh, well, the president says it's a hoax, so it's fine. I'll go outside. Mm-hmm. But for for many people, the pres the power of the president, like the, that's the most important person. You believe what they tell you. Absolutely. You trust in them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just to think how many people, over a hundred and seventy thousand people have died from the coronavirus, mm-hmm. and how many of those people died because they didn't take the proper precautions because their president told them they didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's that's I think that's really powerful. And if you know somebody who has been affected directly uh, by COVID, I think that message really resonates. I, I think that one thing that's that's super important um, and I'll, I'll end it on this before we move to move to the next topic. But like the the president. Uh, no, uh, like we we get like people on the right that are like, I can't believe they're blaming the president for all of the deaths of COVID. Like COVID wasn't going to happen if the president was. That's not what people are saying, and I and I, and it's a it's a clear um, distortion from the right on purpose. But in the DNC, you actually got to see like the specifics of like, you know, like this was this happened this this. Uh, global pandemic happened but we didn't have a serious leader to take it seriously and to give us actual guidance and and a national message on it so when when people were getting briefed about how bad this was the president read you know half of whatever he was given and said man fuck it it'll go away and whatever mm-hmm. and then when it didn't go away he said oh well it's fine it'll go away just give it some time and then it got worse and and the medical experts are like we should wear masks because if we wear masks it will be harder to transmit the disease to each other and the president said yeah fuck masks you shouldn't wear masks we should liberate michigan liberate pennsylvania and it's like every at every moment he did the wrong thing seemingly on purpose and there are literally studies shown like that show that if the president were to act like the like the president should act earlier on in this crisis we could have saved tens of thousands of lives but he mm-hmm. didn't he didn't and that's that's the thing that is like un, unequivocally that's the thing that's just incredibly important to 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 digest if we had a president that cared about this more than they cared about themselves they would do the things that are hard to try to protect the nation i keep we keep seeing things about you know different things opening up during a time where there is a disease that has killed 170,000 people and is incredibly communicable like there's there's no national strategy, and that is absolutely bananas, which uh, Vice President Biden remarked on in his in his speech and said, you know, we will enact a fucking national strategy yeah. on this. Um, and that's uh, how it has to be, right? Like, you have to have everybody on the same page right. for this to work. Um, right. You can't do like, oh, well, this state doesn't care and this state doesn't mm-hmm. care, but this one smack dab in the middle of them does. Mm-hmm. 
because it, it's not going to work. Um, so like you said, you need to have like a national mandate for it to work. And that's what a lot of other countries have done. And that's why they've recovered exponentially faster than we have. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's factual. That's 100% factual. If, if with, with no national strategy, you have um, the, each state deciding what they think is the right thing. And because of the political pressures of where we are now as a country, uh, <laughs> like things fucking Florida should not be having as many people in, in Florida doing whatever they want as they do, just like Georgia shouldn't, but they both have Republican governors and the Republican governors are like, move about freely. It's fine. The Re Republican governor, uh, Brian Kemp uh, of Georgia, literally tr like tried to sue uh, uh, local localities for trying to put mask mandates on. Right? Like, Brian Kemp's like, no, no mask mandates. I'll sue you. That is just the antithesis. I just don't understand how that's like the tipping point for everybody. <laughs> like there's so no, many no, no, worse you know, things. Oh, Andrew, I'll explain it. Masks equals tyranny. This was easy. Oh, I can't shit. believe you set me up like that. Oh, sorry. Layup. Super easy layup. Um, the only thing I will say. Um, you get the last word the, and then we'll move on. And the only thing I will say, like everyone at the convention kept ripping on like, oh, the unemployment is so bad. Like, I will say, no matter who was in office, I think the unemployment will be skyrocketing right now. Mm -hmm. So personally, I, I think that's a, I think it's a little bit of a pot shot. Can I just say, personally, the unemployment should be worse. We should be paying people to yeah. not go yeah. to work. This, I agree. The country should be paying people to not Except go to teachers. work. teachers, like teachers and students, should definitely be indoors together. Yeah, yeah. Together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. The teachers. <laughs> Teachers and students should 100% be indoors as close as they can. Can we fit 46 people in a classroom? Let please cross. So I was my talking to like this one guy at work and they want us to start coming back into the office and everything. No. And like, I don't love the idea, but um, I'm like, realistically, we'll probably be in there for like two or three weeks. Cause once the kids start going back to school, it's going to spread like wildfire. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're probably going to go back to very, very partial shutdown, I would think, by beginning of October <laughs> is my guess. <laughs> let's let's move through the last uh, couple of uh, segments real quick. Just real quick. Time allotment for the Dems participants. Um, do we had any issues with it? I know that this podcast has said previously um, the fact that AOC only got a minute, which turns out everyone calmed down. She got a minute and a half. Um, yeah, the, the, this podcast has said that was bullshit and it was crazy to sideline one of your most, um, most influential young progressives in this moment where we're trying to get young progressives. Um, I'll start with, uh, Andrew. Andrew, did you have a problem with the, uh, times for, uh, people for speakers? Uh, I mean, personally, as a pretty progressive left leaning voter, I think it's absolutely bonkers that she only got a minute and a half, but as Katrina alluded to heavily in the beginning of the pod, they were really trying to just say like, 
hey, everybody vote for John, Joe Biden. So like <laughs> vote for John Biden. <laughs> His evil twin, John. Uh, yeah, not look. I'm sorry. By the way, this podcast, he's Joey Bones. But for Joey, Joey Bones. Bones. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I would have liked to see AOC get as much time as John Kasich, but what am I, you know, what am I, what do I know? <laughs> Katrina, what'd yeah, you? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the. By the way, just they... real quick, John Kasich, 3.9 minutes. That's what he got. Okay. So like double, actually triple. <laughs> no, no, no double. Double more than double. It's actually um, in between yes. what we both said. Um, math is hard, everybody, and I know you're all thinking math is so easy when you can pause it and get a calculator out. Math is hard. They definitely were not trying to court the progressives of the party at all. Um, the progressives that we heard from were the former candidates, and I think the reason they got time is because they were former candidates. Um, so I think we were a little um, hasty in our criticism of the time allowed to AOC just because uh, we didn't realize she was speaking to second the nomination for Bernie Sanders. Um, uh, so she wasn't really delivering a speech. She was... Uh, participating a in a procedural movement fair um with the democratic national convention but um, but in that in that moment i'm sorry for cutting you off but in that in in this in the procedural uh, uh of it all she did give a clear vision of what she wants and what progressive wants the the uh, Democratic Party to be going forward absolutely but they didn't really give time to progressive speakers at all um, Warren and Bernie spoke, but I, like I said, I think the reason they got to speak is because they were former candidates. Bernie spoke nine minutes, Warren 5.9 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, I'm sorry, I'm throwing I think the facts combined time happens. we heard from, like, Republicans or conservatives or, you know, people who voted fucking Mike Bloomberg, goddamn, I, I, we didn't talk about that. John Kasich, <laughs> 3.9 minutes. Colin Powell, 2.5 minutes. Um, I don't have... By the way, all of this is coming from the New York Times. Um, Bloomberg. I, Bloomberg, 5.3. 5.3. 5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Super, super annoyed I was, by the way, when I really liked the segments where the former candidates all spoke together. There were, like, two of them. They had, like, a Q&A with Cory Booker, and then they had another one where they were speaking. Um Super yeah, the, the reunion show. Right. I, I, I just, it's like they did that cute Q&A and I liked it. And then it's like, now let's give Mike Bloomberg five minutes because he was influential during this campaign. No. Money They're trying us. to get that money. He I hasn't, know. he hasn't dropped those dimes oh. yet. And we're like, yo, Mikey, we're that, we're that Kashish, fam. It's just like, I don't give a fuck give us about the money. your favorite book when you were a kid. You fucking piece of shit. Get when I was stage. young, I loved Charlotte's Web. Give me the money. <laughs> I want all of the money. Yeah, but obviously, I I think the times seemed fine for, like, everyone else who spoke. Like, I wasn't like, oh, that person needed to talk longer, ever. Um, <laughs> I, I, also, <laughs> I, I also think we're... 
in like a generation where we don't have to sit and watch all of them. Like, yeah, I did. I don't care about Joe Schmo from Idaho. I care about this dude. Wow. That was a good (laughs) rhyme. Uh, that was a good rhyme. By the way, we're giving Cat in the Hat of the Week every week. Uh, that just yes. this week goes to you, Andy. Uh, yes. Cat in the Hat of the Week goes to you. Um, I think. I mean, time wise, everyone was fine, right? Um, could I have had less? Uh, could I have le- had less Crossroads, John Kasich, for sure? Could I have had more progressive women? Fuck yeah, honestly. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. But um, I think overall, things were fine. I I don't need Bloomberg. <laughs> I just don't. Um, or Clinton. No. I, I, I didn't look at... By the way, didn't watch Clinton's speech. I can't comment on it. Didn't watch it. We're talk- Wait, we're talking Bill. Bill, right? Yeah. Yeah. I watched, I, I watched, I watched HRC. it. I did not... Um, what's the word? I didn't Retain. soak up anything you said. Yeah. So. It's hard. Cause I'm just like, you shouldn't be talking. <laughs> I'd rather listen to 99-year-old Jimmy Carter, who didn't even show his face. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Let Jimmy be. <laughs> Don't you dare talk. Uh, anyway. He's just blazing hashish. Uh, <laughs> um, before we go, one person that I thought I, I, I was very happy with hearing, and I thought... She was marvelous, and there have been there were multiple of them. Um, Jill Biden was was just 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 great. I thought she had a really good speech. She was yeah. she was wonderful. Um, but Jacqueline, I believe her last name is Brittany. I do apologize if I'm wrong. Um, the elevator operator mm-hmm. from the uh, episode of the the weekly or the daily or whatever from the New York Times where they did that stupid uh, uh, endorsement sweepstakes. <laughs> uh, literally, that is just a, that is just Joe Biden seeing a person, gelling with a person, and just get, like, that. that's exactly what it was. Just Joe Biden being a human. And, and it was, it was, her speech was, her speech was lovely. And the fact that she got to help nominate Joe Biden was was a lot for me. I fucking loved it. Um, anything else before we move on? Nah, fam. All right. Um, we're going to do a couple of things real quick. Uh, one, roll call. I would watch that roll call. I hear you drinking that. You are sipping it so loud. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> um. I would watch that roll call forever. I would watch that roll call. That one, one, the roll call needs to be that for all time. Now we don't need the normal convention roll call where they go to each part. Like, no, 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 no. Give me that. That was great. We had some of the best things. One, Comeback Calamari State, <laughs> Rhode Island. What was that? It's just a gun. <laughs> it was just a gun. I was so confused. There was just a fucking chef right there. Yep. That, Don't worry about it. No, you, honestly, you just. What, what does Comeback Calamari State mean? Like, their seafood, their seafood industry. Their seafood industry. In, in, sorry, I can't say the word industry. Their seafood industry took a hit. 
I believe is what they were saying. And they're yeah. bouncing back with the calamari. <laughs> yeah, he made it to state appetizer. Yeah, baby. By the way, I know that calamari is probably bad to eat for it's like delicious. I'm sure it's bad though for like a, for a certain reason. I can't think of it right now. I mean, I'm sure it's just as cruel as chicken nuggets. Yes, and I love those. So fair. Yeah. Sorry, calamari. <laughs> um, but yeah, calamari comeback state of the. That's fucking great. That's fucking great. Um, I I think that I think that all of I think that all of the Ohio, uh, Ohio which I guess was just they were like they had just done shooting a fucking recruitment video for Ohio State University and they're like oh, hey do we should we just quick pull one out for this and they're like yeah we should then they brought in Tim Ryan uh congressperson who I forgot ran for president and when I saw his face I went what is his fucking name? <laughs> what? Is, who is that guy? Did you watch the roll call, Andy? Do you have anything that from that you that you remember from the roll call besides besides Rhode Island's calamari? Admittedly, I just watched the calamari thing, <laughs> like remix. You're good. You're good. I will say this: the only thing, I, the only thing, other thing I would uh, say that you should watch is. Um, uh, now, now I'm, I'm not going to, I'm saying this. I think all of it was lovely. I think all of it was fucking awesome. Um, including Montana, which was done apparently in a wind tunnel and Kansas, which seemed to, the camera angles were just bananas to me. Just this one weird cam, but, um, North Carolina, uh, Kazi Watkins, she's fucking phenomenal and you need to watch that one katrina you watched it do you mm-hmm. have um a specific takeaway from the roll call and would you like to that them do that going forward i i enjoyed it i thought it was neat um it was a quick it, it wasn't you know like a long thing i think it was really cool to see the different locations and the different people they chose and mm-hmm. everything like that so I, I i i did like it a lot i think it'd be a good thing to use in the future hell yeah let's end it on the need for conventions at all so to recap we all watched a four-day infomercial that was selling us one to two items <laughs> um at that the items, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. And those no. items come with some other stuff. Build back better. Build back better. Three, zero, three, three, zero, three. And um, also, if you're a moderate or a Republican, you're totally safe to come vote for here. He's not going to do anything too progressive. Don't worry. Just vote three, zero, oh, literally, three, three, zero. Literally one person Kasich said. Kasich said he won't do anything too progressive. I hate Don't this. worry. I hate this. This is my Did least. that actually happen? Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah, John Kasich said that, and we all went, whoa, wait, what? And then every other fucking Democratic speaker went, no, no, no. This motherfucker's going left, and we're fucking here for it. I don't know. I kind of feel like John Kasich might be on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's just, I'm just skipping. I hate you guys. Um, 
The virtual what? it con- was a, shut up. It, the, it shut was up. Stop an talking. Infomotion, an infomotion. I agree, but then you threw some other stuff in there that didn't need. Is there a need for it? No, but they get it, so they're not going to give it up. The virtual convention was more streamlined, and it actually got the uh, news networks, specifically the cable news networks, to play the entire thing. Um, not the in- the entire prime time lineup. They did the other things that they were doing weren't like. Democratic National Convention, right? What the, are you talking about? DNC was nine to eleven each night. No, there they were, had they had daytime programming. They too. had daytime programming, but not like as the that's not something they were looking to get carried. Right, but it they was got, part of the DNC. Yes, but that's not what they were looking to get carried. Everything that they were looking to get carried got carried. Okay, everything nine to eleven each night got carried. Um, they. There, yes, there were definitely things that, that like, they had um, just, like, discussions with different caucuses throughout the day. That's 100% true, but that's not what they were looking for. In fact, when they do the roll call, sometimes what happens is um, they, like, networks cut away and then come back and then cut away and come back. They got all of that coverage. They got all of it. They got... Two hours of uninterrupted coverage. Um, I'll just ask this. Do we think that this is... One, one, what do we think overall? And two, do we think this is potentially what we're going to see in the future um, uh, uh, vis-a-vis uh, political con- uh, political conventions? Um, Andrew, I'll start with you because Penelope seems to be r- rubbing herself on the... Uh, arm of Katrina's microphone. Uh, so several questions you have here. Uh, so I have overall, like two, two questions. Several. Two. Um, Grow up. <laughs> I think there is a place for the convention in general. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't think it needs to be four fucking days long. I think you can probably like make it one long day. Uh, I think they're really going for like a Hobbit thing here where they're just stretching this into a trilogy. doesn't have to be done that way. Um, I think that's happening. But overall, I did learn some stuff about Kamala. Is Kamala? How the fuck? Kamala. 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 Okay. Uh, So I learned a lot about her. Never say Uh, like that again. Like what? (laughs) I'm not going to repeat what you did, you weirdo. (laughs) Uh, no, but I learned a lot about her. It made me feel very confident in voting on a ticket with her included. And um, after hearing Joe Biden speak, I feel more comfortable with him being the president moving forward. Uh, while I would have loved the whole convention to be a lot more progressive, um, I feel like Biden will kind of steady our country moving forward for at least four years and show good leadership. And I think the convention kind of showed that to a lot of voters who were maybe kind of doubting his intellectual capabilities. Katrina, mm-hmm. what you got? Well, I definitely got the message that we're not getting the progressive uh, candidate I would have wanted. There we go. Um, <laughs> I think... Most progressive in history. I mean, literally, that's factual. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's... We could debate the merits of it in different ways, but it is beneficial to have 
various nights where they do all these speeches um, because then they can get the news bump the next day where they talk about all these speeches. Um, I think it was a really good news coverage week overall with, mm. you know, the, the really good speeches spread out amongst everyone. Sorry. I think, I don't think there's much merit into keeping it virtual. I think a lot of these speeches didn't pack the same punch they would have in front of a crowd. I agree. Um, I feel that. I, I really felt that. I think, t- was it Tammy Duckworth that, like, literally tried to, like, literally in her speech went, uh, everybody, say it with me. Build back better. And you're yeah. like, you are by yourself. Don't do three, this. Zero, yeah. three, three, zero. <laughs> can you make that the name of the episode? Yes. <laughs> I hate you, man. Katrina, keep talking so we can end this fucking episode. I hate you, both of you. Yeah, so I... But I, we're going to call it three, three. <laughs> I think there's some value in keeping some of the, the virtual aspects, but you need to have these big, big speeches in front of people. It just does not have the same emphasis. It really? Does. I, I really, really think so. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I think it was probably a good week for Democrats, not a good week for progressives. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Um, One, I think this was a very successful convention. (laughs) I think that it cut a lot of, um, like, the things that were were shown were were great. I think they were great. I think there were things that sucked and weren't as good. Um, However, overall, very, very good convention. Um, Good speeches from our... um, former contenders and um, good messages throughout. I mean, if you look at all of the Black Lives Matter references in the DNC, um, it would make your head spin. It was fucking amazing. Like, literally, fucking Elizabeth Warren's doing it with, like, fucking children's block letters. Like, that's where we're at. We had everybody and their mother, like, pointing out Black Lives Matter. I thought it was awesome. Um, I think that uh, it was... Uh, (laughs) less likely for someone to go rogue and just do a fucking really long speech that was not asked for Bill Clinton. Like no one's doing that. Like it was, people were pretty cut down to where they needed to be. So it wasn't like a burden for people who were looking to watch to watch. And, and I agree. Um, it wasn't for progressives. This, this one, this, this wasn't for progressives, except if you watched night three, where you saw all of the policy, uh, sorry, all of the, um, um, policy, uh, uh, initiative, not initiatives, but, but goals of, um, the democratic party. Um, I I mean, if you, if you didn't watch night three, no, you're probably like "Mm, the progressives are like, whatever just i watched night three and i think (laughs) it wasn't for progressives (laughs) john Kasich told me it wasn't john k i agree john Kasich (laughs) did say that and i was like whoa john whoa you're a guest here like stop it uh but no i i do i mean i i think that we had uh i think overall what they were attempting to do was to make Joe Biden into someone that, you know, we we saw as an empathetic, personable, caring human being 
that was also competent enough to lead this nation. And we had the likes of Bernie that were there to say that Joe Biden is someone we can get to the left because he needs to be to the left and we can get him there. We've already moved him on numerous things. And I agree if, if, if they're there. I mean, the DNC is, is not necessarily a uh, love fest for specific uh, democratic or progressive ideals. It, it wasn't. And it wasn't in this sense either. Um, Cause it's an infomercial about our candidate <laughs> and it is just like, Hey, you need this vacuum. You should buy this vacuum. You're going to love this vacuum. And honestly, I walked but, out. But I was already buying the vacuum. <laughs> I literally, I did walk out. I'm like, I'm going to buy the vacuum, but I kind of feel a little bit better about buying the vacuum, but understanding that I'm still buying the vacuum. <laughs> um, before we go, anybody have any last thoughts on the convention? Any last thoughts? I just like to say that I will not watch the Republican National Convention. That's true. I, no matter I, how much you want me to, I'm not doing I it. I feel like I'm going to need a new I need a co-host for the Republican National Convention because my current host is 100% against this. <laughs> the, the guests are awesome, though. What's that? <laughs> I said, like, their everyday people guests are the awesome. The guests are dope. They have the St. Louis couple that pointed a gun at, at <laughs> protesters. They have Scott Bayo, I'm guessing. <laughs> like, they have so many <laughs> dope. The, the My Pillow guy, I'm pretty sure. The My Pillow guy for sure will be there. Uh, John <laughs> Voigt is probably just narrating the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, no, that that sounds bad. Um, thank you, um, Andrew, for coming and being on this podcast. We really appreciate being here, and we miss you, buddy. Uh, I hope that you're having a great night. I hope you have a great night. <laughs> That's such a great night. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. I'm drunk, man. Um, shut up. Um, uh, Andy, do you have anything you're like promoting or whatever? I mean, the only thing I'm really promoting is, this is pretty important to me, just text 30330. Yeah. Uh, to? Wait. Text vote. To text three. vote. I'm, I'm like, I literally was like, do you know text what? Text 30330 to vote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, otherwise, uh, I mean, no, I, I, don't, I don't got much going on. All right. I'll say for you, follow the... Uh, getting blitzed uh facebook page you might hopefully coming back you know we're coming back we're coming back we'll be back who knows when we'll be back but we will be back um katrina what do you got going on nothing have you talked with caitlin about your no. wow so she's the host it's not my host. i don't think she's the host because she's not because okay well Caitlin, you're the host. Caitlin, um, so uh, Katrina will be um, doing a guest spot on uh, a fun podcast called Arista's Movie Adventure that for one episode only will be called uh, Caitlin and Katrina's Movie Adventure. <laughs> and 
Uh, they need to get on that real quick because, like, I'm sitting here waiting to fucking produce it and they're not doing it. Um, anyway, uh, ah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, I got, I might be playing some games on Facebook. Look, I love games, y'all. Um, anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, you can find us on any place you listen to podcasts as you know because you're listening to it and tell your friends listen to it um thank you andrew for being a part of the podcast uh katrina you look cool man (laughs) thank you all for listening we'll see you next week for our rnc extravaganza and uh until then cheers